I was gonna say Ash is actually my initials. Um, yeah, my name is Andrew Stewart Hayner. And when I was in when I was in high school, um, I started working at this streetwear boutique here in Atlanta, and all my friends were like way older, and everyone had cool nicknames, and so they were like, "We gotta get you a cool nickname," and. <laughs> I was like, well, my initials are Ash, and they were like, that's way cooler than Drew. That speaking is Atlanta-based artist Ash Wolfdog Hayner, and we met over Instagram in June 2021 when I was working on an online exhibition. I found his work through Instagram, we started talking, and in preparation for the show, I started to learn more and more about his journey, his ambitions, his artwork, and I knew his story just had to be told. Welcome to the Myard is Real podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Johnson, and this is episode one, Wolf Dog. All right, let's start from the beginning. What was it like being creative at such a young age? So when I was super young, I mean, I think it started with like Legos and Connects. There was this building set called Connects that I don't know if you're familiar with, but it was like, uh, it was like these sticks and then they had these little connectors at the end at all these different angles. Um, and you could build all kinds of crazy stuff. And so when I was like, I don't know, six or seven, I remember building towers and like, you know, that would touch the ceiling in our basement. Um, and then I would put like motors in them. So I'd have motorized elevators in them and like different stuff moving around. And um, I remember that was my first like really feeling like I made something because obviously you buy these sets and they have like instructions, but then I was going like off the instructions, you know, and making my own creations. Um, so I think that was my first hands-on and I used to paint also, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Warhammer. It's like these little tiny figurines and there's a board game that goes with it. Um, but I used to paint these like little tiny figures. I mean, horribly cause I was like a little kid, but, uh, it's like a magnifying glass and you have these little tiny brushes and it's all like enamel paint, like super toxic paint. Soon Ash's brother, who was 11 years older than him, was taking programming classes in college and would come home and teach these skills to a young wolf dog. So I think, I mean, that was when I was super young. And then when I was like probably seven or eight, um, my brother, who's 11 years older than I am, he was in college for uh, web design um, and programming. And so, you know, when he would come back on break and during the summer, I would sort of like pick up stuff from him. And I'm like a child of the internet. You know, I used to play StarCraft and WarCraft online and like be in online forums and all kinds of stuff. So like learning how to make websites was sort of the next natural progression of that. Um, <laughs> and then from there, you know, I got really involved in like deviant art uh and seeing people do all these crazy photo manipulations and um so then that's kind of how i like picked up the design stuff was you know i wanted to learn how to like make these crazy scenes or make like a you know a building come out of the water or whatever um so again like i wasn't very good but i think that that was my first sort of foray into i guess the design world um and then as I got older and started implementing that more like with clients and building websites for people, I think that's when I like recognized that there was something there, uh, you know, bigger than just like making forums to talk about Harry Potter with the other little kids, you know? So how old were you when you started messing with the web design and 
making Devi- uh, DeviantArt and before you started, like, you know, working for clients? Uh, I mean, young. I moved from Madison, Wisconsin to Atlanta because uh, my parents got different jobs um, in mm. 2003. And I was already, like, full swing at that point. Um, the, like, school systems from you know, being in Wisconsin to being in Georgia were totally different. So I got placed in these like messed up classes, like uh, not messed up, but just like classes for, you know, kids that were having trouble just because like the, the standardized testing didn't match up. Uh, yeah. So like sixth grade was a really, really difficult year for me. Cause I was just not, you know, I was like at the top of my class in Wisconsin. And then I was like, you know, put in these classes where I was just super unchallenged and I had no friends cause I just moved here. And like, so I really dove into the internet. Um, and I think that's when I got really big into DeviantArt and like uh, trying to think of what the other websites like pre MySpace and then into MySpace days. Um, you know, I like it was hard for me to meet people in real life. So I kind of found my solace in like the internet, I guess. Um, and art was a huge way to, I guess, connect with people. And so when did you start doing clients? Like, what kind of clients did you get? Was this, like, when you were in middle school that you started making stuff for people? Yeah. Um, so I I connected with a few different developers. Uh, I guess, like, friends of friends. I'm trying to think how I met these people. You know, it's like I would have a friend, and they would know a website guy. And we would, you know, I would meet other web developers and and uh designers sort of like through mutual friends mm-hmm. um and then a lot of times it was me getting hired out to do design work or uh, i mean this was the days when websites were very like you design them in photoshop and then cut them apart and reassemble the images you know mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i don't really know how to like how i how i met a lot of these people i'm trying to think but i ended up building these relationships and like doing some pretty steady work with people. Um, I had one buddy who was a programmer and basically every, you know, every client job he had, he would just hire me to design. So that would be anything from like a church website to a, you know, whatever construction company. Um, and again, this was like web 2.0, like very early on, uh, web stuff. So how old were they, the programmers? They were your age as well? or they? Were oh older? no, no, definitely older. Um, I mean, ever since I've been like super young, I, all my friends have been way older. And I think a lot of that is just like my, my brother and sister being so much older. So that was kind of what I was exposed to. Um, and then I got a job when I was really, really young, like 12 or 13. Um, and that was obviously all with older people. And then like, that just kind of continued to happen up until I started working for Greg. Um, and even then I think I was like 15 or 16 when I started working for him. Let's talk about this for a second, because while this is going on, we have to remember that Ash is only in middle school and he's designing websites. He's working with adults and all of this. And he was lucky enough to have these connections to his older brother and and to be able to learn this stuff at a young age. But it's really his drive and his his passion uh, to just keep working and keep pushing and and trying to be the best version of himself he can. And, And you'll see that as we continue on to the episode. Okay, so what was the first real job you had? Yeah, my first job ever was making t-shirts at this store called Bang On. Um, 
And it was like, uh, we had all these books full of iron on designs and people could come pick their design. We would always say, pick your shirt, pick your design. We'll iron it on or something. I don't remember what the catchphrase <laughs> was. Uh, but I did that for like probably a year, maybe a year and a half. And then there was this shoe store uh, in the same neighborhood called Wish. And that was like, you know, super exclusive Nikes and like streetwear brands that you couldn't get anywhere else. Um, and so that was the next place I worked. Uh, and yeah. that was also where I like really started to meet more artists. Um, both musical artists and visual artists, a lot of like rappers and stuff would come in to buy clothing and stylists. Um, so I think that was also sort of my like first foray or like first look at Atlanta culture um, at a pretty young age. So did you start hanging out with some of these artists or was it just you'd see them around sort of thing? Uh, I mean, both. A lot of them were, you know, like some of the bigger musical artists and stuff were obviously like clients of the store. Um, but I started a clothing company or like a, I don't know, a conglomerate um, with some of the other employees called Mindframe. Um, and we had like some t-shirts and we would throw events and like little pop-up concerts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely started, you know, hanging out with more artsy people and doing, I guess, more artsy sort of hands-on things. Yeah. And so was, so you're in high school when this has happened. How much money were you making doing that, that sort of stuff? Uh, I mean, I mean, if you were working and doing these design jobs yeah. and I mean, like decent shirts. money, like more money than other high schoolers. Yeah. You know? But, um, I've always just kind of had like a hustler mentality. Like I come from a great family, but from a young age, my parents very much instilled in me. Like if you want something, you've got to go work for it. So like I could get a cell phone at whatever age, but I had to pay for it type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like that, I, I don't know. Once I realized that I could like get whatever I wanted by just like working and hustling for it, I think like a switch flipped in my head. Um, and I think that that was like a huge, you know, driving factor. Retrospectively, it probably wasn't like a ton of money. But when you're in high school and don't have any bills, like anything is kind of a ton yeah. of money, you know? I mean, but you, did you not feel like it was obvious that you had more than like most other high schoolers? Probably? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in like sophomore, you know, junior, senior in high school. And I had like 120 pairs of shoes. Like, Jesus. you know, like I like that was a huge part of you know like staying stylish and flexing and like wearing all the new stuff that was like a huge part of both that job but also just like where i was at at that point you know i think at that age you're trying to like prove yourself and all my friends were yeah. older so i wanted to be cool and like i wanted people to know that i was like working and um so yeah did you I think care all about school at that time did you pay attention and did you do your homework yes and no i uh I used to have really bad migraines when I was in middle school um, to the point where I missed like a whole bunch of school and they were threatening or not threatening, but saying that I was going to get held back. Uh, so my parents pulled me out of school and started homeschooling me. Um, and then I kept getting in trouble, kept getting caught like smoking weed and like sneaking out and, you know, like whatever high schooler things. 
Um, so they ended up putting me in this private school um, that was like a work study program. So I only yeah. went to school half the day. And then the other half of the day, I was expected to work. So it actually kind of worked out like in my favor because I worked at this shoe store. And then when I started working for Greg, that, that was my work study. Um, I ended up being my graduation speaker and like graduating at the top of my class. But I really think that a lot of that was just like my ability to like talk and blend in. Um, I like did not do homework, but when I had to do the work, I did a good job at it. You know what I mean? Um, I think school really like taught me how to learn, which I think is far more important than anything that I actually learned, you know, like, I don't remember any algebra and I have not had to, and I'm 30 years old, you know, I can like multiply and stuff, but like, I don't need, like I haven't used a quadratic formula ever. Um, But I did learn like, you know, how I learn and that I need to be hands-on and I need to be doing things to like absorb it and be active. And I think that's like the priceless thing that a lot of people don't walk away from in high school. Um, I also think that a lot of that was just like the program was so one-on-one, you know? So I would like the school was super small. Mm -hmm. So I would like be working really close with teachers and I think talking to them more as like peers opposed to like people in a position of power. And there was kind of that mutual respect there. Um, So, so again, like I think I got a lot out of school. Was I a good like textbook student? Like probably not, you know? Soon after me, Greg Mike one of Atlanta's most well-known artists and entrepreneurs. Along the way, Greg would become more than just a mentor for Ash. He would become a brother as well. All right, so how'd you meet Greg? Um, so I have a buddy named Brian who I met actually at Wish. He came in wearing suits and some Jordans. Uh, I was like, who is this guy in a suit with Jordans on? And we started talking, I think I was 15 at the time. And like, we ended up being friends. We had a lot of stuff in common. And I, you know, I would do some design work for him here and there. Um, And he saw that Greg, Greg Mike um, had posted on Twitter that he was looking for an intern. And so Brian hit me up like, hey, you should like, go try and get this internship. So I hit him up. And um, I remember it was like one of the first and only snow days. Well, not only, but Atlanta, it does not snow in Atlanta. And it was like snowing and it was super gnarly. And at the time, I think I was 15 or 16, maybe 16. And I had a scooter. I didn't have my driver's license yet. So I had like a Vespa. And and I I didn't know like what I was getting into. So I remember I put on a full suit and then I had to put on like snow pants and like like a, you know, like a snow jacket and like big gloves and stuff. Um, and I rode my scooter to Greg's studio at the time. And I did this this intern interview, and he must have thought that I was, like, nuts. Like, who is this guy? Um, and he also, I think, thought that I was in college and didn't realize that I was in high school. Um, yeah. For, like, kind of a while, like, at least a few weeks into the internship. I don't think he knew how old I was. Um, so, yeah. How did he ever find out how old you were? Well, you I mean, I, it, it had to have just come up or like I had to go to yeah. high school or something, you know, After, yeah. later, you know, later down the line, like him and uh, my other coworker at the time, Tommy, they would like pick me up from high school and we would go paint or do whatever we had to at the studio. And, um, you know, like both of them really 
were kind of like big brothers to me, you know? They're like, I think Greg's <laughs> 10 years older than I am. Um, so it has always been kind of that like big brother mentor relationship. Yeah. And did you enjoy interning for him at the time? Like what kind of stuff would you have to do? Yeah, it was dope. I mean, I did everything. Like I, I always tell people like I had like a take out the trash internship, but I also like was able to design stuff and I was doing a lot of stuff in Photoshop that, you know, Greg was doing more like illustrative stuff at the time. Um, so I think I brought a lot to the table from that sort of like photo manipulation, technical aspect. Um, and it was just dope working in like around artists and in that field and like having that kind of creative freedom, you know, like you always, you obviously like know people make money doing art or like making graphics or whatever. But I think at that age, like actually experiencing it was a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your feelings like at that time? Cause I mean, obviously that's not something most 18 year olds are, are doing traveling around with artists and doing that sort of thing. I mean, retrospectively, like it definitely was dope, but it also just, it was just like what I was doing, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of like zooming out and being like, wow, I'm like special for doing this. It was just like kind of just doing like the next thing that's like brought to me, you know, I've always like known that I wanted to like work on bigger projects to be a part of a bigger team and all these different things, I guess. Um, so to me, it just felt a little bit like that was materializing. I don't think I like took a whole lot of time. And I mean, part of that's just being young. Like you don't take time to sit back and be like, whoa, this shit is dope. You know, it just kind of like happens. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're 30. So looking, it's like, ba- looking back, how do you feel about it? I mean, looking back, that was sick. Like, I have so many, I have so many crazy stories from the ages of like 15 to, um, I mean, just really like until I stopped drinking, I still have crazy stories. They're just like crazy different, you know, but I have yeah. so many crazy party stories and travel stories and like, like experiences. And I met so many artists and like did so many things and saw so much live music. And like, I just got the opportunity to do a whole lot of stuff that normal people do not get to do, you know? Um, yeah. And again, at the time, I don't think I like recognized how special that was or how much like impactful that would be on my life. Um, but yeah, I'm like getting excited talking about it now. <laughs> you know, like, it was dope. Yeah. It was dope. How'd you get to the wolf dog? Um, so this kind of goes back. I was interning for Greg. We were at ABV in the first ABV location, which is not the same oh. unit that we're in currently. So when did it uh, open originally? Do you know what uh, year it was? 2010, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this would have been 2010, which was the year I graduated high school. So I would have been a senior okay. like seven, 17, I guess, 16 or 17. Yeah. Um, and we, like I mentioned, like I was making stencils at the time. And so I had... I made this stencil of this wolf that was wearing a hat. And I was like, I'm going to put this wolf, you know, this wolf stencil everywhere. And I'm going to become like shepherd fairy. Like, you know, I'm going to go like, I'm going to become a famous like wolf street artist. Um, and I, one thing led to another. And Greg was, he said something to the effect of like, you need a cool art name, like wolf dog. And both of us were like, that's badass. Like that's got to be <laughs> 
my art name. So, you know, and then like from there, um, I didn't hear, I never like got super into graffiti. I like love graffiti. I just like was never very good at it. Um, so I knew that I didn't want like wolf dog to be like, like a tag. Like I wanted a character, you know? Um, so then I took, I spent like weeks and weeks drawing like a million little different animal faces until I finally like landed on the one, you know, that I use as my logo now with the three eyes. Um, but yeah, it, it literally started as me making like this one wolf stencil and Greg being like wolf dog. And then it just kind of stuck. Um, and then wolves, I mean, wolves are like dope. They look super cool. Um, I'm like very into tattoos. That's obviously like a very prominent theme in tattoos. So I think like I've been surrounded by a lot of wolves, but then wolves also became sort of like a theme in my work. Um, I mean, now I paint like shapes and abstracts like everything but at the time i was still exploring trying to figure out what i did so i was airbrushing different wolves and i was doing wolves that were characters like skateboarding and was there a reason for wolves or just you thought it was cool no i mean they i thought it was cool i got named wolf dog and wolf dog like can't do art of giraffes you know (laughs) Uh, so that was like I think, yeah, I just, honestly, they were just cool. Even now, it's like Wolf Dog. If you look at my art and the name Wolf Dog, it, there's not, like, a correlation. It just kind of stuck and, like, yeah, you know, it's just part of me now. And you would p- place it up all over Atlanta? Like, how many of them did you do? No, I didn't I didn't even, like, get to that, that point of the whole, <laughs> like, literally, like, I, I made this one stencil and then, like, I don't think I've made very many more stencils after that. I did like one mural, I remember. It was my very first mural. I painted this big, drippy wolf head. And the whole background was like wheat pasted wolf posters. And I mean, I put up like a few, but it wasn't like a crazy, you know, blanket campaign or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throughout this time of dealing with stress and depression, drugs and alcohol would make its way into his life. Then it would soon take control. Yeah, I mean, I was pumped. Yeah, I, I also had already like experienced the real world, and I think that was like the fatal error. You know, like I was interning for Greg, like working on client projects and like going to Miami on work trips, and like you know. So then I like went to SCAD, and I mean, it's a great school, but it's a ton of work. I mean, any school is, I just like, wasn't prepared. I didn't, I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, and then again, like I had already been working with Greg. I also like moved out of my parents' house into an apartment. And so I was having to like get myself off campus, you know? So I was having to like get myself to school. It was just like too much too soon. Um, and so I just kind of like, I just couldn't figure it out. Like I didn't have any sense of time management. Um, you know, I was like, I had definitely started partying at that point. It wasn't like daily at that, like, yet, I don't think. But, you know, that was a part of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, the eight weeks I had were awesome. I had some great professors that, like, really led me in the right direction. If I were to do it again, I think I would, like, approach the whole thing wildly different. But um, I definitely have no, like, qualms with it, I guess. So you didn't drop out just because you didn't feel like it was, wasn't for you or anything like that. It was just too much going on at one time. Like, well, it was it was a combination of stuff. 
like I was wildly unprepared and I was feeling super overwhelmed and like my anxiety and depression were, you know, like through the roof, which again, I was 18 and I just moved out. Like life was super chaotic and I just didn't know how to like handle that. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was also like, I had already, like I was working for Greg. I just wasn't like getting paid. So I like, I had already had a job, you know? And then Greg basically offered me a job. He was like, I think I had told him I wanted to drop out or I was hating school or something. And he was like, come work for me. And then that was when I was like, all right, I'm out. I was like, I can always go back to school. I'm 18, but like this shit sucks and I'm miserable. And like, I wasn't (laughs) six months ago, you know? Yeah. And so you dropped out and then how long did it take? But did you immediately move back to Atlanta or did you stay? No. So I was at, or what did you at at SCAD in Atlanta? Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the other thing. I think if I went to SCAD in Savannah and had like a whole like shock to the system, I probably would have done way better. But it was like all my friends were in Atlanta and like everything I loved was in Atlanta. So it was like, you know, there was like, I wasn't going to stay in and do homework on a Wednesday night. Like I was going to go hang out <laughs> with whoever, go see a show or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't so, like living in the dorms where there's like pressure to stay in or to like. Yeah. What was your plan uh, to go to school for? Um, promotion graphics, which retrospectively with everything that like I'm involved in in the NFT space now and stuff would have been like a fire degree to have. <laughs> yeah. But um, but it was also, you know, I had already been doing Photoshop and everything for like years at that point. So I was having to retake Photoshop one classes and Illustrator one classes were like, I already knew how to do all that, you know, and there's not really a good way to test out because it's like you have to like prove that, you know, things that like you don't really need to know, you know? Um, yeah. So it's like a whole thing. So that, I mean, that was part of it too, is that I was like relearning stuff that I already knew how to do um, as a part of it. For Ash, the partying started well before he dropped out of college. The real issue came when he started to abuse drugs and alcohol in order to deal with his new stress and anxiety. And around this time, his dad and grandfather had also passed away, and it hit him pretty hard. And that's when he started to spiral out of control. How long were you kind of, I guess, spiraling out of control at that point before you decided to go? I mean, I was, it, was, it was bad, bad for probably like a year or something. Like, to the point where, like, my family was not happy with me and Greg was not happy with me. I almost lost my job. I was, like, not not doing well. Um, you know, and then, it, it like, before I started going to rehab and, like, then I had to, like, maintenance drink. So if I didn't drink, I would, like, have seizures or, you know, like, picture, like, a hangover, but, like crazy you know so you're withdrawing from alcohol yeah Uh, yeah yeah like when when that started to happen i was like oh shit this is like probably not good you know yeah but simultaneously it's like what are you gonna do it's like am i gonna keep doing this and like drink a beer in the morning or like have to wake up in the middle of night and drink a beer because i'm so shaky or am i gonna like face my demon you know and i just like for a long time i wasn't ready to do that um but before I went to rehab, people around me were definitely like, yo, you've got a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like when yeah. people 
when other people you're partying with are like, yo, you've got a problem, then you know it's like serious. So were you working at the time when all this was going on? Like, were you still doing uh, yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to work. I, I wasn't like a model employee by any means, you know? Like, yeah, um, I w- was definitely like not being respectful of company time or, you know, I was just in my own world. I mean, like, to be completely honest with you, I did not, I wasn't anticipating like living for a super long time. But I wasn't going to kill myself either. It was just kind of like this weird, like I didn't have a five-year plan because I probably wouldn't make it five years. And that was just like what I had decided, you know? So I was just kind of like, go ahead. Is there a reason you felt that way? I mean, I was just like, when you're drinking that much, there nothing makes sense you know like your dopamine levels and your serotonin everything is just so skewed that and i also just didn't see a way out like i couldn't stop because i would have seizures and i you know it's like it's just like you know it's like a super dark place to be i guess like difficult to navigate and also when you're in the middle of it you don't like i didn't think about me drinking in the morning as being like that crazy at the time obviously retrospectively like that is not normal you know like yeah the average person does not wake up and like chug a beer so that they don't like get violently ill in the morning like that's not normal but when you're in the middle of it it just is what it is you know but where the whole where the whole idea of like you weren't gonna live very long come from just you you felt like you've already gotten down this rabbit hole and you can't get out or well, I had just given up. I didn't like see again, like when you're in the middle of it, I didn't see a future. It's not like I was making dope yeah. art. I didn't have a whole lot to look forward to, you know, like yeah. all I was looking forward to is like the end of the day. So I can get more drunk than I already was. And like, like hope I wake up tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And I like say that so loosely. Um, this is obviously something I take seriously, but it's just like, yeah, yeah retrospectively at the time i didn't it it did not feel serious to me you know what i mean it just like was what it was and like fuck the world and like i'm miserable and woe is me you know i like i thought that everyone was against me and i think like when you're in a place of you know mental illness or addiction or whatever it's really easy to place blame on everyone and everything around you and not like take a zoom out and realize that you're the one causing all the problems um so i was just definitely in that spot you know and so when did you start paint did you start painting i guess you couldn't paint in rehab you started painting as soon as you got out what made you start yeah i mean it took it took some time um just because when i got out of rehab i went to sober living honestly that's like what taught me how to live <laughs> Like, as an adult human being, um, I always say, like, rehab got me sober, and sober living taught me how to, like, navigate. Um, But, I mean, it took probably, I mean, it may have even been a year. I, I have, especially with COVID and stuff, I have, like, no concept of time. But it took me a while to, like, get into the swing of painting and stuff. And I also, you know, like, I think I needed to kind of like have some paintings that came out that were dope and like start to feel my, like find a style before I really started to like get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's hard. 
you know, as a young artist or like a beginning artist, when at least for me, I was looking at all these other people's stuff and I was like, I want to make art like this or like that or like, but I didn't have like an internal style or like a aesthetic yeah. or anything. And so when like when that's the case, I feel like a lot of what I was doing was exploring, which is awesome. But that's not something you can really like do every day. You know, I mean, I guess you could. I just like was not. Um, so what because before this you were doing a bunch of di- you mainly just did digital stuff and and stencils what made you start trying to paint again was it just you know what i'm gonna become an artist like that's no, what no, no. my passion I mean, is gonna be or like what was no that? it was i mean i guess that was part of it but it was also that that was something i to be an artist was always my like dream or my goal i had just like lost crazy sight of that in the middle somewhere you know when i was partying and like but that was always the long-term play finally after going to rehab and sober living ash was able to get his mind back he started to focus on what he had loved to do since childhood and that was to make art and this time however the art was a way for him to heal and to overcome his demons i didn't start taking painting seriously (laughs) until after i quit drinking got out of rehab, got my shit together. Um, and then that was when I like really started taking painting more seriously. Um, and then I think my first solo show, which was January 31st of 2020, right before the pandemic, that was like the like real buckle down, you know, Greg, Greg's always been a, a great mentor in, I mean, in a lot of aspects, but especially in like time management and setting goals and achieving them and all those kind of things, which is just so important and like getting ahead. Um, but he was the one that was like, yo, you've got to set a date and then you've got to like just paint the show by that date. And you got to tell everyone so that you don't have like an exit strategy, you know? Yeah. And so that's exactly what I did. And then we set the date <laughs> like eight, eight months out and I dragged my heels for like three months. And then it was like five, you know, five or four months out and I was like oh shit I've got to like paint a whole art show because everyone I know is about to come to this thing you know <laughs> uh, and that's when I really started painting like every day and like working nine to five and then going to the studio like six to midnight and like every day oh so I think my first when I was painting my solo show was also like that was when I started taking painting more seriously but it's also when I started recognizing that like art was kind of like meditative and therapeutic for me um Mm -hmm. obviously like i had just gotten out of rehab i was trying to like navigate life without drugs and alcohol and like which is very complex initially um and i mean the biggest thing that i knew i had to do was like stay doing things and like go to therapy and meditate and like art was sort of this great overseer of all of those things you know it like gave me time to process but it was also quiet and i'd have to focus so like my mind would be pretty blank and um it was just like a great thing for me and i think that initial show really like the whole process ended up being really what the art was about and i I didn't know that when i started um but by the end of the show you know i like i had it on uh january 31st because that was the anniversary of the day that my dad died um and the whole show ended up being this like weird healing process from like my dad dying and going to rehab and like heartbreak and all this stuff like it was like this i don't know it's just this crazy experience painting it um there was just like a lot of 
stuff that I hadn't, I guess, fully processed because I was just, you know, it was easier to drink and not worry about it. Um, so again, as I was sort of painting the work and like meditating on it and like going through that process, like a lot of stuff came up for me. Um, and it's also, you know, I was like alone doing all that. No one's like hanging out in the studio. I painted it in the garage. Uh, yeah. so, you know, I think like there would definitely be, you know, like super emotional nights and then nights where I felt super confident and then nights where I was like, this is never going to work. I'm never going to get this done. You know, I think it's like a whole spectrum of emotions. So the sort of like overarching artist statement of my show um, was in suffering, there's an is awakening and in awakening, there's suffering. And what that means is that if you're in a place of darkness, there's always help. There's always light. There's always awakening, you know, but also when you're awakened or like in my case, when I sobered up, then you also have to deal with all the bullshit that you've caused and like actually process all the emotions that you've been covering up with alcohol and that you've been like essentially running away from. Right. So that's like the suffering on the other end of it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Show podcast. Many thanks to Ash for sitting down with me and doing this episode. You can find more information about this episode on our website. And if you enjoyed listening, I would greatly appreciate it if you could check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash real, where you can directly help us grow this podcast by donating. This podcast takes a lot of work, and with the Patreon's help, I can work to deliver more content at a higher quality. Soon, we will have bonus episodes and other content available to Patreon supporters, along with unedited conversations with artists. The music used in this episode was created by QShop. You can learn more about their project at QShop.com. That's Q spelled C-U-E dash shop.com. Thank you again for listening.